to this tonight. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Uh, I am Pastor Lester Hayes, Pastor Sharon and I are here tonight, amen. Just want to greet all of you in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for thinking it not Robbie to come and hang out with us tonight. Hopefully something will be said, amen, that will encourage and enlighten uh, you and to uh, help you to continue to, you know, to uh, uh, figure out what it is that God is, is, is saying to us in this hour, amen. I think he's saying a lot. And hopefully something that will be said tonight that you will hear the voice of God in it. And I always like to tell people, uh, I don't proclaim to be no subject matter expert on the Bible, but I do have the Holy Ghost and I do study the word of God. And I always tell people, just eat the meat and throw away the bone. Amen. Because God wants us to hear his word. Amen. And so that's my plan tonight is to let you hear the word of God and share some things with you that I think might be relevant to what we're dealing with right now. I'm excited about it. Amen. So let's pray and get into this word. Father, we just thank you tonight for a word of wisdom. We thank you tonight for increasing our understanding of your word. Lord God, we thank you tonight for giving us revelation. Open our eyes and let us behold it. See wondrous things from your plan of salvation. We thank you tonight for a relevant word. We thank you for a word that we can apply to what's going on right now, Lord God. To just counter all of this darkness, to counter all these uh, attempts out there, Lord God, to... To, to, to deny you, God, your, your, your lordship, Lord God, your kingship, Lord God. People don't want to want to humble themselves under your hand, oh Lord God, and they're seeking the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of this man, the rudiments of this world, in order to try to govern the affairs of people. But God, that is the, the lack of leadership, Lord God. And, and so we look to you tonight, the author, finish and develop our faith for, uh, for your divine intervention into this situation that's going on right now, this political cycle, still got murdering, shooting people, Lord God, abuse of power out there and privilege. We still have spread of this coronavirus, Lord God. And Father, you said it's all because of a lack of leadership. And so we look to you tonight, Lord God, for leadership. We look to you tonight for wisdom. We look to you tonight for instruction, oh God, how we can continue to pray according, oh Lord God, that, that you might hear our prayers and answer them and show us great and mighty things. And so, Father, without you, without the counsel of your word, we have no way of governing our own affairs. We have no way of governing the affairs for all those that are in leadership position of governing the affairs of your people, Lord. And so we pray for the counsel of your word tonight. We pray in the name of Jesus that not only, God, your word will counsel us, but all those that hold leadership positions, whether they be clergy or whether they be governmental officials. We're praying, oh God, for your divine intervention right now, God, as tonight as the RNC are going about doing their campaign conference, uh, 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 we just pray for your divine intervention. We heard, uh, we heard your name being exalted when the DNC went down. And so we're just praying, Lord God, that it spill over unto the RNC tonight, God, that we'll hear somebody giving your name, praise, and glory and honor. We ask you for your divine intervention right now. In Jesus' wonderful name, we give you the praise and glory and honor. Now, bless your word. Bless the hearers of your word tonight. We thank you for it now. The opportunity, Lord, to share your word. Thank you for the awesome teaching last night, reminding us of our role as under shepherds, oh Lord God, because you're the good shepherd that lay down your life for your for, for your sheep. And Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord God. You have called us to be under shepherds, that we will feed your people, God, because you said they need something to eat. If you love me, give them something to eat. So we pray that be the task tonight. Holy Ghost, help me to bring forth this lesson that I believe God has put in my heart and my spirit to share with the saints. We thank you for it now. We call it done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, then. We'll praise the Lord. We're going to get right into this tonight again want to welcome all of you that join with us tonight amen i'm very excited amen this is tuesday night bible study and prayer amen 
and uh, Pastor Lester Hayes, your speaker tonight. I want to talk to you tonight, uh, a subject we can kind of continue along this path because I still believe that there is a God's indictment that's sitting there on America and on the rest of the world. And uh, I, I believe wholeheartedly that he has an alt against America, against some Americans right now who are uh, putting all their confidence and trust in man and in these worldly systems and, you know, the, even the world at large. Uh, and I believe that, you know, as I was studying today, God added some other layers to that indictment and the alt that he has. As I looked last night at the RNC, uh, you know, kickoff of their campaign for this upcoming election year, I tried to give them the same fair assessment as I did last week with the DNC. And uh, I was very pleased, since over some of you, that what I heard coming from the DNC uh, last week, a lot of substantive, but one of the things I loved about it, I, I could hear the voice of God in the midst of it. And last night, um, I had mixed emotions about what I was hearing because uh, a lot of the things were fact-checked and found out that there was a lot of twisting of the truth, falsifying of the truth, a lot of lying and a lot of deception, uh, anything to win, you know, and just say anything that come out of your mouth. And uh, I went to bed with a heavy heart asking myself, God, why why they don't speak right now to the nation and stop attacking people that have been out of office, Obama's gone, Hillary's gone, you know, continues lying on the people just to win, just to make a point. And so I came away with that last night, and so I just went before God. I kind of fasted and prayed about it, you know, and God, I wanted to say, God, I want to speak to your people tomorrow night. Uh, I want to speak something that's relevant because just like I talked about the DNC, I want to be fair about the RNC too. And so I'm going to hit on some themes tonight that God dropped in my spirit. And it'll make sense. It'll all come together because I know it came down from the Holy Ghost. A little bit different than what I've been talking about, but I think that right now we, we, we need to have some, 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 some prophetic word that God is saying so we'll understand what's going on, that we don't just downplay this and we don't just put it to the side and look at it as though it's not going to affect us, you know, and, and just wait to cast your vote. But we need to be able to be informed because we might have to inform some people. Some people might call us and ask us questions. And so I'm going to try to make an attempt tonight to shed some light on some things that I believe the Lord enlightened me on. And hopefully it'll be a blessing. Again, eat the meat and throw away the bone. I'm not looking for debate or argument tonight. Again, like I say, I'm only going to share with you what the Lord dropped in my spirit last night as I watched. And uh, after I got off the line. And again, I believe that indictment and that art is still there. Uh, I believe some of the other layers that the Lord dropped in my spirit after listening to all those speakers last night. I went back and looked at the, 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 the commentary afterwards. I listened to NBC. I listened to Fox. I listened to ABC. I listened to CNN because I wanted to get everybody's take, you know, before I added my assessment, <coughs> you know, and some of them was way out in the left field. Some of them were spot on it. Some of them I was in agreement and some of them uh, I wasn't. But once I did all of that, I had to go to the word. I had to go to the word. I had to pray fast and ask God, what is this father that I am dealing with? What is this that we're witnessing right here? What is going on on this planet? What is going on in America? Why is this so difficult? What is taking place and going down in our world right now? Why is there such ignoring of 
more people being added to the list of people dying and people just seem to be so callous and hearts so cold uh, and so uh, you know unconcerned and they hear speakers get up there and say that they have no agenda they really don't care about the values that have, 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 have held this democracy together and that they don't care about the president of the United States telling lies. They don't care. They still gonna want him to be president for another four years. And that thing alarmed me. And so I'm going to take a shot at that tonight, amen, and kind of see what God got to say about it. And so the other layers that he added to my teaching tonight was about lying and deception and even some rebellion I heard last night, angry. People were just kind of angry at people for no reason. I, I heard a lot of disobedience. I heard a lot of uh, inability to assess what's going on as, as leaders. We should be able to do that with no problem. Uh, you know, some of those people have been up there like four and five decades doing that stuff, and they ain't figured it out yet. They ain't learned nothing yet. Then I saw a certain level of unwillingness to compromise, and I saw a lot of illusion. I saw a lot of people trying to trying to create some conspiracies and it was creating an illusion because there was a lot of people man that was i said can't they tell that that's an illusion that's a figment of somebody's imagination but unfortunately when 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 people go so far in the wrong direction sometimes they start believing their own lies you know they start calling right wrong and wrong right and we know that some people been there for a minute but all god said to me all of this violates his will and it harms his people and that's why I became so concerned, and I want to speak to you tonight from that, from that, uh, that, that thought, uh, uh, you know, those themes tonight, uh, you know. And I thought about three people in the Bible. It's like the Holy Ghost was dealing with me, and I thought about three people in the Bible. I, I thought about right away what came to my mind was Saul, King Saul, the first king of Israel, Okay. And the next person that came to my mind was David, because I couldn't think about King Saul without thinking about David. And the next person came to my spirit was Mary Magdalene, who had seven evil spirits cast out of her. And because what I was dealing with was asking God the Holy Ghost, what kind of spirit is this that have crept into our government, have crept into our leaders, have crept into those those base people out there that follow these people, that they have sank so low right now where they say they don't care if the man lie for another four years. Totally ignoring the fact that we have 177,000 people that have died. We have over almost 6 million people that have been affected. We still got police shooting people in the back, especially our people of color. You know, we got natural disasters going on. We got storms out the yang yang. We got all kinds of stuff right now that's just being ignored. And the only thing they can say is that they don't care if this man our leader supposed to be of the free world continues to tell lies and provide absolutely no leadership. And the first names that came to my mind, and I know it was the Holy Ghost because I asked God to show me, give me examples. It was those three individuals. And what he told me was, was that David, who was anointed to be king, had a certain kind of spirit in him as a leader. And now he had problems. He was not perfect. 
But when it came down to God, he had the right kind of spirit because he was after he was a man after God's heart. And he always went there when he messed up. He always went to God because he had the right spirit. He had been anointed. And God, here's the difference. He, he, he eventually was one of the great kings of Israel. I mean, he was a, he was awesome. Even before he became king, God's spirit was leading him and working in him uh, because he did what King Saul and all of his men could not do. He took on Goliath. And here's the deal. He killed Goliath. And what gave him the power to be able to take down that giant, you have to understand, they were no match for the Philistines while they had that big old nine foot, six inch tall giant out there carrying a 300 pound sword and a 600 pound shield, they were no match. <clears throat> but when the man of God, the little young shepherd boy who had been already anointed by Samuel to proceed, saw as king, God anointed him and there was nothing, no weapon formed against him was going to prosper over him even as a young boy because he was God's choice. And God don't choose you without equipping you to be able to do the job. And he took that dude out. But I love what he said before he took him out. Let me tell you how he already had took him out. When he spoke to him and confronted him, he said, I dare you, in other words, I'm paraphrasing, to come out here against me with all of that armor, with all those big weapons and defy the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, that young boy did not have the favor of God and the spirit of God and the power of God and have some knowledge about his God and the things that God had allowed him to do to protect the sheep, you know, like jawbone of and that. I mean, he had slew lions and bears that tried to come against the sheep. And I started thinking about that. Why was this young 17? Because God had already chosen him and had already prepared him and had already anointed him in the spirit that was yet to be confirmed by Samuel pouring that oil on him and anointing him to be king at 17 years old. Well, before he got on the throne, he was already kicking butt, man, for the kingdom. Come on, somebody. Because the power of God was with them, the spirit of God was on him. He was anointed. And that, that anointing was destroying stuff and destroying people. And I love it because he actually killed Goliath. I mean, he killed him dead and cut his head off. Well, the difference is the type of spirit that was on him as a leader was different than the type of spirit that was on Saul. Now, granted, the people wanted Saul to be their king, and God allowed it. He even put his spirit in Saul in hopes that Saul would be the unifier and bring all those tribes together, amen, and go out and fight in numbers against all of those people who opposed the Hebrew children, the Hebrew nation. But what he did, he made a mistake. He did not obey what the prophet Samuel told him God said do when you go out to battle. He went out there. He killed. I mean, he 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 was a, a military guy, man. And God's spirit was with him because that's what the people wanted. And God was going to use him as long as he obeyed God. See, David was different. David obeyed God, you know. But here Saul is, man, he disobeyed God. First test, he go out there and God tell him to tell the prophet to tell him, Kill everything out there that's not of God. Kill everything. Kill all of them. Kill the livestock. Kill everybody. Kill the children. 
And he bought back some of the livestock. He bought back some of the precious uh, items from, just bought it back, just disobeyed what God told him. That was his first mistake. When God puts you in a position of authority and power, you have an obligation and a responsibility to always remember that it's not you, but it's God. Because all authority falls under God. Now, here is the deal that really blessed me. Saul committed suicide because he had got so jealous of David. He, he, he saw the power. He saw the hand of God. He even went and tried to get witches, and he tried to have out-of-body experiences. He tried to get fortune tellers. He was full of illusion. He had lost his mind. He was beginning to, 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 to make sacrifices that he was not authorized to make. He took it away from the priest. He was just doing things, abusing his power, his position, and his authority, man. I was like, God, where did that spirit come from? And the Lord reminded me that was the first king. And I said, but God, how does that apply to what we're dealing with today? He said, because David killed Goliath. He removed the threat, cut his head off. That was the end of Goliath. And some of David's men took out Goliath's sons. He had sons, one with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each toe. They were the same size. And David had men, once they saw David take out Goliath, they cried out to God. They went out with the same anointing and they took out Goliath's sons. They took out other giants. He had brothers that were giants. They whooped them Philistines, but because they saw the power of God on David, they went, man, and asked for God for some of that anointing. And they went out, man, and they, they put some whip butt out there, man. But they destroyed the Philistines. You know, but when Saul was king and Samuel came to him and told him, God has removed his spirit from you and caused an evil spirit to come on you. I hope you're following where I'm going tonight. But here is the deal. Saul committed suicide on the battlefield. He died, but that spirit did not die. And so tonight, I want to I preface this by letting you know what we are fighting against is not flesh and blood. We're not fighting against human beings. I don't care how big they may appear to be, how rich and wealthy. We are still fighting against flesh and blood. And the Lord let me know that that same spirit that targeted Saul, amen, that same jealous spirit, that same evil spirit, that same wicked spirit, it didn't die because he committed suicide. That spirit is still out there right now, and it targets people that are in leadership, kings and queens and people who don't have a relationship with God and can't discern the spirits. And that's the very spirit that have infiltrated right now in all these countries right now. They got these dictators that that, that, that enslave their people, that have human right violations. It is a spirit that is controlling them. And it's that spirit that have gone ignored for all these years, and it targets leadership. And we got the same spirit right now that Saul had as the first king, and this is the first businessman that have ever been president of the United States of America, and he has been targeted to be used by his father, according to the scriptures in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 44. And when the Lord showed me that, he said that spirit did not die with Saul. It moved on to the next leaders. You know, it moved on, you know. And, and if that spirit does not get identified and cast out and dealt with, it picks up other spirits. 
And this is where Mary Magdalene came in at. She had seven spirits cast out of her. Seven of them. And the Lord began to let me know, you know, I cast them out of her because I was proving something to my disciples who I was going to use. And they were talking about who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom. And God was letting them know right then and there. Are you really, really serious? You want to, are you ready to bear that cross? Are you really, really ready for this kind of scrutiny, this kind of jealousy? Are you really, really ready? Are you serious about that? Are you ready to bear your cross and follow me? You don't even know what the battle is about. You don't even know what you're up against. Spiritual wickedness in high places has infiltrated right now Russia, Germany, China, North Korea, uh, Turkey, all these places right now that we see where all this unrest has been ignored all these years. It's because they don't, nobody understands that we're fighting against spirits, evil spirits, wicked spirits that have infiltrated those tiers of leadership. And they're operating under the influence of Satan's evil spirits, its evil schemes and isms and schisms. While we running around here playing church and begging for money, <clears throat> we're not feeding the sheep and preparing them how to take on these spirits. Because in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 16 and 17, said, in my name, you can cast out demons. And Jesus was showing these disciples by a demonstration of the power and the spirit, how he got rid of those demons out of her. My God, he cast all seven of them out. And then he used her to be a witness. He used her. And so they, for God to use America, for God to use us the way he used to use us, some things are going to have to be got rid of. And so I'm looking at what took place last night. I said, God, not only do the president now have that spirit influencing him, he got other spirits, too. He's jealous. He's narcissistic. We're going to talk about some of this and saw it in the scripture. And now his children and now all these people, these 38 percent of Americans out there are saying, look, they don't care. Now you got this this uh, this uh, Aquanon group out there, a, a cult, they call it. Now they're calling him a cult. And I know that that is not God's spirit that's controlling him and using him as these evangelicals are saying that. You know, you know, they're, they're all coming out, man. Instead of feeding God's people and letting them know what we're up against and getting them ready and teaching them how to fight with the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds and the casting out of these demons. And he said, in my name, signs and wonders follow those who believe. She was just a believer. But she did some great things after she got rid of them spirits. And God said he cannot govern. He cannot do anything that pleases him until he get rid of that spirit, that spirit of lying, that spirit of jealousy, that spirit of all those things that I talked about. Deception, rebellion, uh, destructive personality and attitude, narcissistic, disobedient, has the inability to lead, but he's in a leadership position, unwillingness and full of illusions. Don't trust nobody. He don't trust nobody. That's an illusion. That's a symptom. That's another spirit that comes along with a lying spirit. You know. And so when we think about and remember King Saul, the first king of Israel, the first king, we can learn some things about the first businessman that called himself a president and he's clueless. It recapsulates the history of the Israelite tribes from the time 
of the patriarch Jacob all the way through the period of the judges. And here, here's what blessed me and forcibly presents the conservative view that that request for a monarchy will bring about adversity to Israel. That's the same thing that's happened to America right now. They want one man to be king and dictator. And the same way it was with Saul. It didn't work then. It ain't working now because it's a spiritual wickedness in high places. And he says it's a conservative view that they want one man, that monarchy. They want him to create a monarchy, to be one man controlling everything. The same thing they wanted with Saul. The same thing Saul wanted. That's why he was jealous of David and tried to kill David. It ate him up. And this man right now is ate up because he hate Hillary, he hate Obama, he hate anybody that disagrees with him. Anybody. Even his family members. You know, it's a conservative view that request. They're putting a request out there. They want him now to be in there for 12 years. I saw that last night. Y'all done lost their mind. It's crazy. But there are people out there that are calling for this, willing to vote for this man to stay in there so that they can have him to be president from now on, indefinite. That's a conservative view right now, y'all. You know, they are no longer the party of Lincoln. They are straight out crazy. They are, they are possessed. And that spirit of lying, that familiar spirit, you know, that's what happens when you have a spirit of lying. It turns into a familiar spirit, a seducing spirit. It, you know, it just it, it goes and gets as many more spirits as it needs to get the job done. All they're thinking about now is winning and controlling power and keeping power, you know, and that's become the conservative view right now. Heard that last night. You know, they want that monarchy. They want that man to be their king, their dictator. It will bring about adversity just like it did for Israel long as Saul was in there. But when Samuel went to him, Samuel said, the people you didn't kill, I'm going to show you what you should have did. Samuel sent them out there to get those people and kill them just to show Saul, you don't do, you don't disobey God. And he did, and God took his spirit and caused an evil spirit to come on him. I'm telling you what I'm seeing getting ready to happen, y'all. It's taking place right now. What was the first major step in Saul's downfall? Saul himself offered a sacrifice that he never should have. You need to take a look at what this man is doing right now. He's using God's name and using religion, man, like it's some kind of toy. Some kind of toy, you know. Some kind of toy. Saul's core weakness was this, and it... Uh, all stem from his inability and unwillingness to deal with his core weakness, which is fear. It's the same spirit right now that's causing this man to lie is because he is afraid. He is afraid of losing. He was afraid to act even though he was given very clear confirmation and instructions that he was to be king and the job description of a king included delivering Israel from the Philistines and he did not do it. David had to do it because they had a different kind of spirit. What did uh, Saul try to do to David? He was armed with a sling. He picked a stone from a riverbed and slung it at Goliath's head. And David's aim was true. It was because God was behind it. The stone struck the giant and killed him, prompting the Philistines to flee. And the Israelites were very jubilant about that. But listen at this. But Saul was compelled that he wanted to put David out there and get David killed. So he thought that's what he tried to do to David. Put him back out there. Put him in. Make him a captain. Put him in charge. You know, to get rid of him. Sound like that's what this man here is doing right now, putting all these people. How many people have he have he have he gotten rid of? 
you know, putting them in position, just putting anybody. Got this guy right now, the postal guy, you know, don't have no clue what he's doing. And, and I'm here to tell you, he's going to get rid of him if that guy don't do what he tell him to do. You know, you know, it's one-way communication, one-way communication, you know, one-way communication, you know. So let's get on down here, man, and just kind of take a look right here. What does God say about David? Uh, this is what he says. He says, I hold on to you for dear life. David was a God chaser. As a deer panteth for the water brook, so pants my soul for you. Oh, God, my, my soul thirsts for the living God. You know, look at that spirit right there. That don't sound like a spirit of wickedness to me. That's in the book of Psalm, chapter 42, verse 1 and 2. This is how David expresses appreciation for how God was giving him victory, how God was leading him. He appreciated it, you know. He knew the secrets of running after God instead of running away from God. This man right here run away from God. He, he, he used God's name. But this country would be so much better off if somebody spoke truth to power, especially some of these evangelicals up there. They're too saying all they want is for this man to remain president. And it's just over a couple of issues. It's just over a couple of issues, you know, abortion rights and things like that, you know. But what about all the other issues? What about all that? You're willing to sacrifice all the other issues, you know, you know. So let's, let's, let's look a little further here at Saul. He committed suicide. We know that's how he died, but his spirit didn't die. That spirit is still out there disembodied looking for more people. To, it, it's targeted people that are in leadership position. Uh, then Samuel took a horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the Lord came upon David for that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. I hope you're hearing this. The spirit of the Lord came on David and did not depart from that day forward, but it departed from Saul because Saul had disobeyed God and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servants said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. That's in the book of first Samuel chapter 16, verse 13 to 15, the King James Bible. Please put your phone on mute. Can you do that for me? And so you have to think about that. David received God's spirit. Saul had God's spirit depart from him and an evil spirit replaced it. You know, you need to see what's taking place right now. This man has had an opportunity to do the right thing by God's people. And I believe we're seeing God removed his spirit from any, anywhere in this process. And I believe what we're witnessing right now is a lying spirit that has brought all kinds of other spirits along with it. You know, we're going to talk about that in a minute. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul, just like I believe it's upon this man right now, as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand. And David played with his hand and Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. But he slipped away out of Saul's presence and he smote the javelin unto the wall. And David fled and encamped that night. Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning and and uh, michael or michael david's wife told him saying if thou save not thy life tonight tomorrow thou shalt be slain let me tell you something don't touch god to know if god be for you you wouldn't be having all these problems up there right now if god's spirit was in you and leading you you would not be having all these problems that you're getting up to, got all these people on the platform saying that you haven't you know, calling the Democratic Party, man, a demon party that's after you. No, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. 
It's the other way around. It's the other way around. Even as we were talking about uh, Mary Magdalene, and it came to pass afterwards that he went throughout every city and village preaching, listen to this, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the 12 were with him. The 12 disciples were with him, the original apostles. They was with him. He's getting ready to demonstrate something to them. A lot of times people think God using who he ain't using, you know. We thank God using this man. A lot of these people are, are, are hoodwinked. They're fooled. They think that God ain't going to use no liar. Why would he use a liar, okay, that lie, that lie against the truth if the truth can free you from lying? That don't even make no sense. That's why it's so crazy. And it says, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities such as Mary Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils then came him to his to his mother and his brethren and could not come uh, come at him for the press it was so many people there witnessing this and it was told him by a certain one which said thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee but now listen at this answer right here y'all it says and he answered and said unto them my mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. You know, think about what's going on out here in this world right now. You know, that those are the ones that God calls his mothers, his children, his family. Those who hear the word right now in this crisis. You know, though that word is coming from the, the leadership up there right now that came across that platform last night is toxic. It's more of the same thing. Finger pointing, jealousy, you know, you know, blaming everybody else and, and letting people know where you stand. We don't care if he do lie. We with him. You know, so you're not hearing the word of God. You don't have no time for it. But for those who are hearing the word, this is why we clergy got to get out here and preach the word. God want his people to hear the word, what he said. You know what he said. Teamwork goes hand in hand with leadership. Leadership is about people. OK. And for people, you know, and let's talk about this lie thing. What does the Bible warn about lies, liars and lying in deception? Now, we took a look at three different spirits, three different people, three different people that God had dealt with, three, di three different people that was in leadership used by God. One of them was a young girl who had had seven spirits cast out of her and God used her mightily as an example to everyone else, you know, to show them, you know, that he would choose anybody. The thing is, when you're willing to get rid of all those evil spirits, all those evil things out of your life, God can use you if, if, if you get rid of them. And she had seven of them, you know, one wasn't just enough, you know. And then there is Saul who had the spirit of God in him. But because he disobeyed God and, and, and he despised David, he was jealous of David, he tried to kill David, he touched God's anointing, and that was a mistake. You think this man right here, man, is not going to have to answer to God for touching all these innocent people out here doing these, these horrendous things that he's doing? You know. And he said God caused an evil spirit. I want y'all to pay attention to come on Saul. I believe right now what we're in the we in the brink of, you know, we in the brink of seeing God continue to drain this swamp completely. You know, this man can't help himself. I believe that's the kind of spirit that's on him right now. 
I believe that spirit has found a place right now in all these other countries that agree with him that he's agreeing with because why? They are familiar spirits. Putin and him got a familiar spirit. You know, all these places that he's aligning with Turkey, calling them friends. That's a familiar spirit, y'all. A lying spirit, familiar spirit, you know, spirit of deception. All them has got the spirit of depressing their people, inability to lead, their dictators. You're seeing the same thing. Same spirit has targeted leadership, you know, because we're not fighting against flesh and blood. This is spiritual wickedness in high places. These are principalities. These are, these are spirits, y'all, that we're dealing with, you know. Let's see what the Bible says about it. First, let's talk about the liar. A liar is a person who tells lies, you know. I'm talking about a notorious liar, what we're dealing with, you know, uh, you know. A person who tells lies, okay? What is a person who tells lies called? A lie and an assertion that is believed to be false, typically used with the purpose of deceiving someone. The practice of communicating lies is called lying. Let's call it what it is. A person who communicates a lie may be termed a liar. We call him a liar because that's what he is. The scripture calls him that. The definition calls him that. What are the signs of a liar? Okay, with that in mind, here are some signs that someone might be lying to you. People who are lying tend to change their head position quickly. Pay attention. When he was up there, every time he comes up there, his head is over here, his head is over there. Some people say he's just reading off the teleprompter. No, I just believe that's a symptom of a liar that God is trying to let us see what they do, you know. Their breathing may also change. We see that about him. Sometimes like he gasping for air and some of the other ones that speak on the same platform, they do the same thing because they all got that same spirit. They tend to stand very still. I seen that too last night. They may repeat words or phrases. Saw a lot of that last night, especially when he speaks. They may provide too much information. He just goes overboard. You know, my God, get off script. They may touch or cover their, uh, their mouth. You know, haven't seen him do that yet, but uh, but I'm looking for it. What is another word for a liar? OK, a falsifier of information, of facts or truth. He's a perjurer. We've seen that. He's a prob uh, what we call a prevaricator. You know, what is a prevaricator or equivaricator uh, is a person who tries to mislead through language. Uh, you know, it is a statement or an event that is open to two or more interpretations and is actually intended to mislead. It's intended to mislead. Uh, this is what witches do. So there's that spirit of witchcraft and rebellion working there, y'all. You know, you know, you know, you know. And so we're seeing all these things, what we're dealing with. This is, this is spiritual wickedness in high places. What causes a person to lie? However, of the most common motives for telling lies, avoiding punishment is the primary motivator for both children and adults. He's lying. He's trying to do all these appeals to all these charges that are coming up on him. I feel for him when he come out of office, even his children right now. All of them have been targeted. All of them are being investigated, you know. Other typical reasons include protecting oneself, your children, and others from harm. You don't want nothing to happen to them. Maintaining privacy, avoiding embarrassment, you know, just to name some things, you know. Who was the biggest liar in the world? I almost said he was. But unfortunately, there was a person in 2003 that's over in South Africa that was a bigger liar than him. I said, well, he must be second. Okay, who is the most famous liar in history? You ain't going to believe it. You know, notorious liars. Number one was Richard Nixon, a former president, had the same spirit in that position of power. 
Same spirit Saul had. Same spirit in that position of power, you know. What, remember the Watergate? You know, set the bar for president, presidential lies when Nixon insisted that he played no role. This man here, every time you bring something up, I know nothing about that. I don't know him. I don't know him. But these people are, are, are study writing books and, and implementing you and memoirs about you and giving factual information, stuff that have been investigated. Some of them are doing time. So somebody lying. Somebody lying. Somebody is lying. You know, and there's a whole list of other names of people right here. You know, uh, the White Sox lied about their national championship in the World Series in 1919. Anna Anderson uh, is on this list. Charles Ponzi, P.T. Barnum, Charles Dawson, and, and uh, somebody by the name of an author by the name of Arthur Smith Woodard. You know, what are the five signs that someone is lying? Number one, they touch their face, their mouth, and their throat. The subconscious body language may indicate that someone is lying. Pay attention and watch for this stuff this week. They got three more nights starting tonight. They repeat themselves. They pause before answering. They, t they uh, look toward the door or uh, they may blink a lot. Let's talk about an extreme liar because we, we did him with one right now. And he's recruiting. He's expanding his base. You know, a lot of people are getting on board now. They're saying it's better to just lie to the American people because they like lies. They like liars. You know, we're seeing that right now. They're telling us that. They're interviewing people out in the street, man, in some of these here red, red states. And they're asking them, what is it about this man? Well, he's a big liar, but we're okay with the lies. We just want him to be our president. They're lying. They really don't want to. But see, there's that fear, you know. There, there's that spirit that's, that's leading them, influencing them, you know, that familiar spirit. They don't even know what they're up against and what they're dealing with. And it goes on to say a pathological lying also known as, uh, you know, he's got a big term here, mathomania and predodolosha and fantasia is uh, a chronic behavior of compulsive or habitual lying. We see that unlike telling the occasional white lie uh, to avoiding hurting someone's feelings and getting in trouble, a pathological liar seems to lie for no apparent reason. Man, this is so descriptive of this individual. What personality disorder is a pathological liar? It is borderline pathological, I mean, personality disorder, BPD, is a condition where people have long-term patterns of unstable and or turbulent emotions, pathological lying, and being deceitful are core characteristics of BPD, and lies are typically told for personal profit or pleasure. I'm going to describe him tonight. You know, a person who speaks falsely is a liar. A person who speaks so as to avoid precise truth, he's a quibbler and an equivocator. You know, he's a trickster, which means one who tricks, such as a dishonest person who defrauds others by trickery. A person such as a stage magician, skilled in the use of tricks and illusion, illusions, illusions, cunning. Uh, or deceptive character appearing in various forms and the folklore of many cultures. Oh yeah, he, 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 wants, to, he wants to be friends with all of them. Turkey, Russia. Uh, what do common lies, liars have in common? Liars smile, they nod, they lean forward, they make eye contact while listening. They have characteristics that are often associated with honest, 
honest and friendly people. They, uh, but don't be fooled by this because liars is very charming and just they can just cover stuff up. They go mm, and ah when they're talking to you and dead giveaway of that's a dead giveaway of a lie. Frequent liars have learned how to think fast. You know, why should people lie? Lying is bad because a general truth, uh, truth says this. You know, it's a good thing, but we know that's a lie. What people are saying right now, it's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. You know, it's a bad thing. You know, you know, when was lying first seen in the Bible? That's when I got real interested. It was Ananias. He was the first person, the first liar in the Bible to lie and his wife. Sapphira followed him. So this spirit been around for a long time. So in the book of Acts chapter five, you know, they lied when they didn't have to. It, 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 liars get angry. That's a sign that they tend to point, you know, to a lot. They get angry. You know, when a liar becomes hostile or defensive, he is attempting to turn the tables on you, says, uh, you know, most of the experts out there, the liar will get hostile because he's angry that you have discovered his lies. OK, which may result in him losing some influence or some support, you know. So let's go down here and look at some scriptures about lying. It also is associated with a narcissistic behavior. OK, we heard that a lot. We've heard that a lot. Uh, now I'd like to get to these scriptures in the book of Proverbs, chapter six. Let's take a look at verse. Let's start at verse uh, number 12. It says a naughty person, a wicked man walketh with a froward mouth. He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teaches with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. He soweth discord. I hope y'all hear me. Therefore shall his calamities come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things doeth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. We see that. A lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood. Oh, there's some good people out there. They're killing people. You, you know, you're the president of law and order, <coughs> bringing in national guard to shoot people and tell, you know, to be tougher on the people. You know, there it is right there. And then lie about it. Number 20, my son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. And when thou goest, it shall lead thee. And when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. You know, he goes on to say, for the commandment is a lamp and a law is light and reproof of instructions are the way of life. You know, it says to keep them from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a stranger. And so don't get caught up here about the woman because we, we, we just got through talking about Mary Magdalene, who had seven spirits in her and they all got cast out. You know what God is saying here is like. Uh, his people Israel they played the harlot and so he said don't play the harlot when you're dealing with God's commandments you know I, I don't don't try to divorce my truth don't try to divorce my word don't try to divorce my commandments and my instruction you obey them don't try to play the harlot you know don't try to play the harlot you know and so we see right there uh, what God hates you know what he hates 
Is once a liar, always a liar? I believe it's true. Once a liar, always a liar. That's an old saying that goes back a long ways. Turns out that there is some scientific truth to that statement. Researchers have tracked down how the brain makes lying easier as the untruth builds up, providing some biological evidence for why small lies often balloon into even larger ones. When you look in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 16, let's get into the scriptures now. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. This man constantly does it. <coughs> He's got other people doing it right now. You know, they all are up there in the, in, in, in the chambers together and they can't even get along. So much finger pointing, so much, you know, backbiting, so much lying across that, so much illusion, so much creating false, you know, falsifying stuff, you know, just just crazy right now. Over in the book of Psalm, chapter 101, verse 7, it says this. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house, says the Lord. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Oh, it's coming to an end. This that evil spirit is getting ready to show up. I don't care how much those evangelicals get up there and lie on his behalf. They got to call that lying spirit out. That's the best thing that's going to help him, you know, if he's to be helped. The book of Proverbs, again, chapter uh, 16 through 19, we see the six things that God hates, yea, and seven, and he's talking about that lying spirit, you know. He said, those are the six things he hates. We know what they are. The book of Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 19, it says, the lips of truth shall be established forever, ain't going nowhere. But a lying tongue is but for a moment. I see change coming, y'all. It's on the horizon. The book of Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 22 said, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. That's what I saw last week with the DNC. Not what I saw last night with the RNC. I saw lies on top of lies and more lies, you know. And I said to myself, why? Why don't they just tell the truth? The book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 5, King James Bible said this, a false witness shall not be unpunished. <clears throat> Saul didn't go unpunished. Come on. And he that speaketh lies shall not escape. <laughs> Come on, somebody. The book of Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 9. A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. He's going to perish with his lies and all those that follow him, that support those lies, that lie for him, and say it's okay. Call right, wrong, and wrong, right. It's a lie, and the truth ain't in you. The book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 28, the King James Bible says this. Be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause. Stop lying on people just because he's doing it. And deceive not with thy lips. You're going to have to give an account for those words. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 2. So you're taken by those words. You know, you're snared by the words of your mouth. You're taken by those words. That means you become prey for any other spirit to come. Spirit of witchcraft, rebellion, you know, all those other spirits that we talked about. Lying, deception, you know, illusion, you know. Depression, all that, you know, it, it's all part of the package. Uh, in the book of Matthew, chapter uh, 15, verse 18 to 20, it says this. But these things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. 
Book of Jeremiah chapter uh, 17, verse 9, talks about how desperately wicked the heart is. And we see that out of the abundance of this man's heart, he always open up his mouth and speak. No matter what they say, they can prepare a script. They can prepare a teleprompter message. He ain't going to stay on it because that lying spirit rules. It takes over. He can't help himself. Verse 19 says this, For out of the heart proceeded evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Verse 20 says, These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth no man. I don't care how clean you are. I don't care what kind of suit you wear. I don't care how uh, wealthy you look. I don't care what restaurants you eat at. I don't care about any of that. But what's in your heart where the issues of life are? And if you don't have God's word hidden in your heart, you're going to sin against God by telling lies and deceiving people. The book of Luke chapter 18 verse 17 says for this, says this, for nothing is a secret. God know everything and he's revealing everything right now. What a big liar you are. That shall not be made manifest. It's being manifested right before our eyes. Not only him, but all those who support his lies. They're coming out of the woodworks. We're seeing them for who they are. Neither anything hid, for that shall not be known and come ab uh, abroad. The book of John, here's what I love. Chapter 8, verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye shall do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he spreadeth of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now that's the word. All those people jumping on the bandwagon saying they're going to lie because he lied. They don't care. All you're doing is expressing who your father or who your God is. It ain't the God of truth. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25. Wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Democrats, Republicans, Independents, it doesn't matter. We all came from God. All souls belong to God. And this is what God is trying to get you to see. Don't be divisive. Don't tell lies because it divides people from you. You can't walk together unless you agree. And, and, and I'm not going to agree with no lie and hope nobody else will agree with a lie. But there are people who agree with the lies, saying it don't matter. His son got up there yesterday, man, and talked about what, what is under attack. We attack, he said, we're attacking them. He said, God is attacking them. We're attacking them. You know, he said, this is about God, truth, and faith, and some other things. And I'm saying, I dare you get up there and say that. That is a bald-faced lie, son. But you're just like your daddy. You're just like your daddy, you know. You're just like your daddy. The book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 through 10 says, <clears throat> not lie not one to another, seeing, and we get ready to close here, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. You know, verse 9 said, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off these here, the old man with these deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. The book of 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 1 John, the book of 1 John chapter 2 verse 4, the King James Bible says, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. The book of Revelation chapter 21, for, uh, for my final scripture, uh, verse 8, that's again the book of Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, it says, but 
the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake with burnings with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to answer for it. Uh, I love what John Maxwell, who's a who's a, a phenomenal author about leadership, he says one of today's top leadership thinkers uh, thinks that this about leadership. Being a great leader is all about having a genuine willingness and a true commitment to lead others to achieve a common vision or goal through positive influence, transparency, interpersonal integrity, honesty, moral conviction, highest ethical standards, and truth as your guide, delight and your counselor. He says, with such, in my opinion and experience, and this is me talking here, no, uh, no one can ever achieve anything great or lasting or long-lasting alone. Teamwork is what makes every worthwhile dream and vision work and come to pass to establish or be fulfilled. And you just got to make sure you're working for truth and not the lie. Because the vision is going to get fulfilled. If it's a lying vision, it's going to get fulfilled with people who believe in lies. If it's a vision based on moral and ethical truth, then that vision is going to come to pass based on leadership. Everything rise and fall on leadership. You just got to decide which way you're going to go, which direction. You're going to be led by lies or a liar, or you're going to be led by truth tellers and truth. You know, you know. No man is an island. No man is an island, you know. Everything rises and falls off of leadership. And so, you know, he went on to say, you know, uh, about leadership, great leaders, uh, they have courage to fulfill his or her vision, and it comes from passion, not position. Leadership is not about titles, or position, or flow charts. <coughs> it is about one life influencing another. A leader is one who knows the way, don't have to lie, goes the way and shows the way. Leaders must be close enough to relate to each other, not separate and divide, but far enough ahead to motivate them. A leader who produces other leaders multiplies their influence. A successful person finds the right place for himself or herself, but a successful leader finds the right place for others. Real relationships is being the person others will gladly and confidently follow. You know, and so you don't have to have lies. You don't have to tell lies. And so we're going to end right there tonight. Amen. Amen. And so God said, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. That's in the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 14, King James Bible. So, Father, we just thank you for the word tonight. We pray, Lord, that it made sense. We pray that it ministered to your people. It pray, I pray that it exposed what we're dealing with right before our eyes. Uh, a spirit that have been around for a long time has history, and it has showed up today in all of these high places, spiritual wickedness. We recognize we're not fighting against any flesh and blood. We call it for what it is tonight. We take authority over, bind up, render that spiritual wickedness in high places, that lying spirit, that spirit, Lord God, that you hate. Uh, those seven uh, other spirits that you hate. God, we bind them up right now in the name of Jesus. And we forbid them to continue to influence your people. And we're praying that people will know the truth and the truth will make them free, that you will expose every lie of the adversary. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you send forth your ministers to proclaim the good news of the gospel and speak truth to power without being afraid or fearful. And God, we give you the praise tonight. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We pray for this 
this president and all other leaders, oh God. We pray for them. Lord, in the name of Jesus, that they would deal in truth, they would live in truth, that they would respect the truth, and that the truth will be known by them, and it'll make them free, that they may be free indeed. And so we give you all the praise and glory. Now, we bind that spirit of lying right now in Jesus' name. We call it out right now in Jesus' name, and we ask you to touch this man's lips, God. Sanctify them, Lord God. Purify them, Lord God. Change his heart. Change his life. God, pour out your spirit upon him right now and convict him. That, God, we will see a new man, Lord God, in this man, if it be thy will. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor right now in the name of Jesus. Deliver your people from following after this lie and supporting this lie, knowing it's a lie, God. Open their eyes, God. Cause them to be able to see that you are not pleased, God. We thank and praise you now. We bind up that lying spirit, that deceptive spirit, that rebellious spirit, that disobedient spirit, that inability to lead, that unwillingness and that illusion right now that have, have caused them to violate your will and to harm your people. We give you the praise and glory and honor for it right now in the name of Jesus. Change that conservative view right now. Lord, no more monarchy, Lord God. But God, we are a team and teamwork makes the dream work. We thank you now. We praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, we're going to end right there today.